You've stopped in at the guidepost. Brought to you by the American Saltwater Guides Association. Stock up on gear, grab a coffee at the counter, and get ready to hear incredible fish stories from the best captains on the East Coast and thought-provoking conversations with stakeholders and policymakers working to protect these fisheries. This podcast is presented by Costa Sunglasses. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Guidepost. This is going to be hopefully a short one, even though we could talk forever, because we need you. Um, We need all of our listeners. We need uh, anyone who reads our blog, newsletters, cares about striped bass, whatever. Um, This is kind of the first time we've done this, but this is a call to action for stripers, um, and we're kind of going to lay out the situation. Um, we need, uh, (laughs) we need some help. The stripers need some help. So, uh, here's the scenario, you know, amendment seven was passed. We worked through the stock assessment. Um, and, and frankly, this whole process has been borderline absurd. We should have taken care of stripers in 2014 when the data told us they would be overfished by 2017. We bet on the 2011 year class that didn't work. We get a stock assessment in 2018, says the stock's 25% below the threshold thereabouts. Instead of starting a rebuilding plan that could have been in place by 2021, we had to play whack-a-mole because the the states that love to harvest more wanted to start an amendment, you know, and, and that's a, that's a multi meeting process and it just grinded everything to a halt. And next thing you know, we're in a massive defensive position, uh, trying to beat back all of these bad things. And while all this is going on, we have one bad spawn after another four years in a row in Maryland. Uh, 2019 to 2022, really not a lot coming through the pipe. So we're following all of this. Amendment 7 passes. We get rid of conservation equivalency. We get rid of, you know, lowering the reference points. This looks like this massive win. Um, Conventional wisdom told all of us that the stock assessment was not going to be rosy and i'm sitting here rambling on and i have i have our policy associate will on here um will why don't you why don't you jump in and and we were both on those stock assessment calls what was your feeling after the first stock assessment call that was when they kind of showed what the preliminary runs of the stock assessment were going to tell us um and the stock assessment team also had to kind of iron out some key details about this new stock assessment because, um, you know, something had fundamentally changed in the fishery, right? We moved to a slot limit, which changes, um, you know, the age classes of fish that are predominantly killed. And that's kind of called selectivity. So they had to um, make a decision on whether to, choose a new selectivity block. And then there was also a retrospective bias that kind of did a 180 of how it uh, normally plays out. So there were two decision points there, but 
the combination of those decision points resulted in three uh, outcomes that would have resulted in reductions um, ranging from 27%, 24-ish, and 9 if my memory serves. And there was an outlier that said there would be um, a potential 17% liberalization. Um, so somewhat big range, but three out of four saying there was you know a sizable reduction um, needed to rebuild the stock by 2029. That's what we saw. And we realized that that would have been something that, uh, you know, we could have dealt with, right, Tony, we could have dug out of that hole and continue to pull levers to further reduce fishing mortality. Um, and we were prepared to start heading in that direction. Um, and then the second call came. Uh, and it turns out that we didn't need any reduction. Um, once they made those decisions on selectivity and the retrospective analysis, um, the model came out and said, you know, we won't need to take any additional reductions or make any management changes because the stock is projected to rebuild uh, to target by 2029. And uh, Tony, that kind of sets the stage. You know, we were all excited about that. And then two days ago, we uh, started getting some phone calls, right? Yeah, so basically there was a message um, that we got on social that was kind of a heads up that Maryland had no intention to change their regulations. And you're like, well, hold on a minute. How is that possible? Um, CE is not supposed to be used while the stock is overfished. And then e even if the stock is not overfished, now until there's a new amendment, you're not allowed to use MRIP numbers with a PSE over 40%, which I might add is 10% higher than the NOAA threshold, the federal threshold. So they even gave them a little bit of wiggle room. And Maryland used PSEs over 60%. Some ridiculous number saying like 10,000 people a day are fishing in April so they could shut down April to kill more fish in the summer when the water's 90 degrees. Because that makes sense. So, um, and I, I'm just going to add this. I don't think I've ever said this before. We're going back to like 2008, 2009, sometime in that world. And, um, you know, back when we had a ton of fish in the bay and, and April was a great season for us to catch and release. It was the flat season. Um, there was no harvest allowed. The bulk of the spawning rivers in Maryland, if you look at a map, you're not you're not allowed to target stripers like you get in big trouble if you're in those spawning rivers, you know, with striper gear. Um, so, you know, it was pretty much like main stem of the bay. Some tributaries where spawning doesn't occur and the Susquehanna Flats. And we were we were allowed to fish in April back in the day. And um, this ding dong, you know, back before social media, there was this message board. And this this just I mean, the dumbest thing you've ever seen, the guy guy was trolling planer boards and, and had God knows how many rods out. And he just decided it was a good idea to troll through a gannet storm. And he, he had like 34 big striped bass. It was, I don't know, it was maybe his 20, maybe it was 30. I don't remember just all laid out on the deck. And he was like, Oh, look at me. I'm awesome. And it started this like massive backlash where, um, you know, this should not, and I agree, it should not happen. Like it was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. So Maryland decided to put in some regulations for preseason, specifically trolling, where you can't use stinger hooks. Uh, you're only allowed to troll six rods. 
um, you know, some pretty common sense stuff. But as we were working through that process, Maryland DNR, and I've been trying to find these numbers for God knows how long, and, and I can't, I can't find them. I don't think they exist anymore. But Maryland did some research on in the catch and release season in April, how many fish are killed. And the number was like around 900. It was under 1,000. But Maryland used current MRIP numbers to say 10,000 people were catching and releasing fish every day. And everyone knows it's a lie. And there was a 60% PSE, but they were allowed to do it anyway. So when we were going through Amendment 7, that was a huge thing. It just is not fair. Like, you can't catch and release these fish. You have to wait. You have to wait for trophy season to open up so we can kill them, you know, because that's logical, right? So anyway, you know, we put all these guardrails on on conservation equivalency because uh, it's if you look at the states that are not meeting their conservation goals, they're the, they're the ones that are using conservation equivalency. They're exploiting the system. You know, New Jersey has not come close to meeting their conservation goals like ever. They, they were so far over what they should have harvested uh, in 2021. It's embarrassing. So we get these phone calls. Hey, Maryland's not going to change. And we're like, what the hell is how is that even possible? replied a couple of times on social media posts like no you know there's going to be one limit for the ocean and there's going to be one regulation for the bay and maryland and dc and virginia and and uh potomac river fisheries commission are all going to have to agree on that regulation and, and in the documentation it was basically one fish at 18 inches we couldn't figure it out and then we are alerted to a slide and I'm going to read that slide word for word, and you can check out our blog, most recent blog that says, uh, Stripe Ass, Never Let Your Guard Down. So it says amendment, and I'm a, this is word for word, Amendment 7, CE Changes. That's the title. Commercial and recreational measures from Addendum 6 are maintained. Sub-bullet, commercial 18% reduction from Addendum 6 quota. Recreational. Ocean one fish at 28 inches to uh, 35 inches. Bay one fish, 18 inches minimum size. Next bullet, all approved addendum six CE plans are maintained until the measures are changed. Next slide, which also the title is Amendment 7 CE Changes. Next bullet, CE programs will not be approved for non-quota managed recreational fishing when the stock is overfished. Uh, you know, y'all can rewind that and listen to it again. That is word for word. I don't know what your takeaway was, but mine is CE programs will not be approved for non-quota managed recreational fisheries when the stock is overfished. But apparently the giant loophole is the bullet above that says all approved addendum six CE plans are maintained until the measures are changed. Well, guess what? That stock assessment that showed a 25% reduction and they came back on the next call and said, Hey, we changed the selectivity, 0% reduction. There's not going to be any regulation changes. So guess what that means? That's right. Everything we fought for, everything we were told was going to happen. Every bit of faith we put in the commission just went out the window because guess what? Maryland and New Jersey do not have to change their regulations 
because the stock assessment did a 180 and there's not going to be any regulation changes. So we, <laughs> we were told, oh, don't worry about it. There's a stock assessment update in 2024 and that selectivity, you know, may not look as good as it does right now. And, you know, we can make the changes then. Well, let's do some math, everyone. We have three decent year classes. Twenty Well, 2015 is good. 2017 is average. 2018 is average. But, you know, a little bit above average. 19, 20, 21, 22 are pretty much like absent year classes in Maryland. In Maryland. So if we have to wait until 2024 for stock assessment, that means regulation changes not until 2025. That means New Jersey and Maryland can just go status quo until then. And if you don't think that's going to prohibit rebuilding this stock, <laughs> you are kidding yourself. Everything that we worked for, folks, everything that we did, conservation equivalency, the no basically the number one priority, 98% of the comments fully supported getting rid of conservation equivalency in some fashion. The stock is overfished. We should not be using it. How you can tell me this is in the spirit of listening to the public, giving the public what they want, and being honest brokers for striped bass management, how can we have faith anymore how can we have faith? I, I really don't know what to say. Um, Will, uh, you want to chime in here? I, I got to take a sip of coffee and, and kind of collect myself. Yeah. I mean, Tony laid it out there. I mean, it was certainly um, something that got our blood boiling and we kind of, you know, hit the phones, kind of tried to plan out um how uh we would move forward with this um you know because as tony was alluding to we're in this weird situation where we need a management change in order to wipe the slate clean on these previously approved ce programs and go back to um or to to move forward with ce in a way that has these guardrails built in or states just maintain the FMP standard, which, you know, Tony, I don't know the exact number, but I mean, it's got to be pretty much every state from Maine to Connecticut probably has the, um, is using the FMP standard slot. Um, so that's that. But the way forward, there are two options because what we learned with Maryland's terrible JAIs, which I'm sure... You know, if you, you're on social media an ounce in the last um, month or so, you probably saw those numbers. And they, it was um, another poor spawning event on Maryland's portion of the Chesapeake Bay. Um, and on the other side of the bay, Virginia's weren't that good. So, you know, that, that, that creates some other questions. But regardless... There is another trigger that is now tripped or will trip because of the Maryland recruitment event. 
Um, but then there's even an even easier option to get rid of or to wipe the slate these old CE programs. It's just change the wording in Addendum 7 to remove the previously adopted Addendum 6 conservation equivalency program. Um, and then all the states will be subject to the FMP standard, which again is one, one, um, one fish at a minimum of 18 inches for the Chesapeake Bay states. And the slot limit of twenty eight to thirty five less than thirty five inches for the ocean fishery. You know, basically, here's the deal. And I mean, I think I said this in a phone call yesterday. I don't give. A, I don't care what you do. I don't care what they do. Tell people they cannot fish between uh, one and three a.m. on uh, Thanksgiving night. Okay, change the regulation to. Um, uh, uh, tw- 28 to 34.99999 inches. All right. I, I don't care. I, there just needs to be a regulation change, right? Yeah. I, it doesn't, I don't, I, you know what? You clowns did this, figure out how to fix it. Because I can imagine, Will, we heard about this, stopped everything that we're doing. And by the way, we're working on redfish, albies, uh, federal stuff. We have federal elections, you know, midterm elections coming up. Um, We're we're working on 15 different things. Yeah, the to-do list is not short. We stopped everything. Just boom. No emails, no nothing. Figure out what's going on. Stay up all night. Write a blog. Figure it out activate the community we don't have any infographics for you guys you gotta listen to this you gotta go to the blog we have the links to your commissioners we have two things and don't be rude to them just please that'll that'll make things worse not better the message is look look at the two look at the two bullet points that we have on on an easy way to get out of this demand that the commissioners do it and remind them that the public faith in ASMFC is pretty low. I mean, we're so used to this. That's why I, that's why we named the blog like "Never Let Your Guard Down." And you know, it's hard for us not to feel stupid because we sit there, and our previous blog was like, "Hey, the stock assessment team's great. We're on a decent path." Like, "Hey, we won. Congratulations." You know, we're going to move forward in a positive way. And there's a chance that we can rebuild these things by 2029. Trying to be a good member of the community. Trying not to beat up on ASMFC too much. And, and I'll tell you, Will, you know, we had some conversations yesterday. And there were comments in those conversations that were like, oh, no. That was pretty clear all along. You know, that that if the regulations didn't change, we would just keep. And like. I don't know if those people were trying to make us feel dumb for not realizing this, but the way that I took it was like, you're culpable for this. You knew what the public wanted. You knew what the public wanted. And if you're telling me that you were aware of this ahead of time, so, you know, here's the timeline. None of this happens if the regulations change. So first stock assessment call, regulations are changing. Second stock assessment call, everything's rosy, regulations aren't changing. 
Stock assessment comes out two weeks before the meeting. The meeting is Monday. We go through the stock assessment or laser focused on that, trying to educate the community. We caught this on Thursday evening, I guess. You know, so like my point here is there's no time. No one thought this would happen. And the people who did think this would happen and knew this was going to happen probably should have made people aware and said, hey, man, this is a powder keg. Like, maybe we need to change this. Maybe this isn't what the public wanted. This is going to be a PR nightmare because they fought so hard for years to rebuild this stock. And an integral part of that is getting rid of the uncertainty with conservation equivalency. Yeah. I mean, that's our big gripe with it, Tony, is, you know, it's when everyone has this patchwork of regulations, it makes things harder for ASMFC and the scientists to do anything. So, you know, the us, you know, throwing our arms up around CE is so that they can be better at their at doing their jobs, right? It's not it's not that hard. There was incredibly overwhelming support. I I've, I've never seen 98% of people agree on anything. But 98% of the 98% of people can't agree that the sky is blue. Will. Yeah. I've been doing this a long time. I mean, holy mackerel. Look at the polls for the midterm elections. We live we live in a divided country, right? The show so too close, too close to call, too narrow. There's no consensus on anything in this world. Nothing. Nothing. You know, people want to argue about anything. 98% consensus. When does that end? Thousands and thousands of responses, not like 10 responses. It, it was, I was, I was looking at it the other day or um, last night. It was like, I think 6,000 comments were or thereabouts in favor of uh, putting some sort of guardrails on CE. And there were 51, I think, if the number's correct, um, that supported maintaining CE as status quo. You know, that's a pretty wide margin right there. Yeah, I would. I widest I've ever seen with that with that amount of numbers. So, um, you know, we'll we're like 20 something minutes into this. We could probably talk about it forever, but yeah. I think time is of the essence. Yep. So I, I'm just if I feel like people listening to this have big question marks over their head. So here is the quickest rundown that I can give you. Because the massive change in the stock assessment, they're telling us that there doesn't need to be any regulation changes. This, this direction was planted in Amendment 7, saying that nothing would change until there needed to be regulation changes. So essentially, we passed Amendment 7 that has very clear direction but they're not going to use it. And please go to our blog at saltwaterguidesassociation.org. It, it's, it's the blog that says stripers never let your guard down. You'll see the links. You'll see what to say in the comments. And we, we know this is last minute. 
this is a this is a hail mary right i can't promise you that this is going to change anything but i hope it disgusts you um i hope it gets you mad i hope it makes you feel like you kind of got stuck in the back on this one because that's pretty much how we feel like um this is not this is not the intention of the public. This is not how the board voted. Um, I mean, it makes not, us. It's not. Yeah. It's flat out not fair, right? Like the entire coast, for the most part, is stuck to a slot limit, and the Chesapeake Bay, some jurisdictions in the bay, are now can can continue killing big fish during the trophy season. You know, that's just so glaringly not fair and not conducive to rebuilding well, okay will let's be honest here let's call it for what it is it's on the fish's spawning run yeah okay i mean so like that yes yes the date was moved back because it's an intercept fishery that's supposed to catch fish post spawn but when you put a day on a calendar every year is different you know, it seems to me like now the worst part of the weather here, we both live on the Chesapeake Bay, seems to me that like winter doesn't really start until like the middle of January here. Yeah. And it can get brutal in February through parts of March. But it's different every year. So this is, you know, stripe based, stripe bass spawn based on temperature, water temperature. And we know that a vast percentage of striped bass are done with spawning at around like 65 degrees in the tributaries. Picking a day on a calendar is not the same as saying you can start fishing when the water in the tributaries is 65 degrees because that's, we know the stripers are leaving. So don't think that they're not intercepting fish that are beginning their spawning run up to the tributaries. So this trophy fishery is an intercept fishery for fish on their spawning run when they are, and I don't care, biologists are like, a dead fish is a dead fish. I Look, horseshit. If a fish is, if a 50-pound striper is getting ready to make a right turn into a spawning river and somebody catches it and kills it, that fish is, and if, and if scientists can't wrap their heads around this, it's that's indicative of a much larger problem that they have with communication, understanding what the public wants. I mean, they te teach classes for these people to talk to humans. Let's be honest. Let's just let's just be completely honest in this. All right. That fish is more valuable when it's caught at the mouth of a river, right before it's heading up the river to drop a gazillion eggs. A 50-pound fish. And I, I, I would love any scientist on here that disagrees with me. You have an open invite to come on this podcast and debate me on that. Let's debate on it. So I guess we got we have two uh, future podcasts. The, yeah. the crickets. Yeah. Oh, no. Will, crickets. Trust yeah. me. They're all – they're nobody. They're nobody. <laughs> Trust me. So crickets. So we hope – you know, we hope that y'all got this whole whole deal because the stock assessment changed, took a 180 degree turn. 
and they're saying that we don't have to change regulations to stay on track to rebuild, that means that the states that use conservation equivalency that have consistently abused it over time, that has consistently caught over their quota, held up rebuilding, added uncertainty to everything that we do, are high-fiving each other right now because they get to keep doing the same thing. And they're probably laughing at you and us. So if that makes you as mad as it makes me, please go to our blog. Please send emails to your commissioners. Tell them this is not acceptable on any level.